Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Fighting on Film Podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies. From the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords, if it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello, welcome to this Fighting on Film post-Warfest special. Just me this week, um, but Matt will feature later on in the episode. So... We just wanted to make this quick episode talking uh, about Warfest, how we felt about it, uh, sharing some of the Vox Pops that I recorded with uh, some historians and some previous guests of the show. And we'll start off with when I caught up with Al and James. So we're here at Warfest and I'm joined by Al Murray. If you remember, we interviewed him for (laughs) um, uh, Bridge Too Far and we just finished the uh, Bridge Too Far chat well. Market Garden chat. So, Al, I want to ask you a question. Yes. Apart from uh, A Bridge Too Far, what's your favourite war film? Oh, what a question. I think, I think probably, and with all the caveats that goes with it, Dan Busters. Ah, yes. Because, because um, you know, it's a film I watched a lot when I was a kid, and I think what's really, really interesting about it is when it was made, that thing was like a, like a, Revelation as a, mm. as a as a behind the scenes thing about the war, but I also think that the 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 key scene in the film is at the end where he says, "Right, I've got to go and write some letters." And yeah. and, the, and the film the film still operates in the emotional landscape that I think was around in the nineteen forties, where you know because we talk about this a lot on the podcast, we go it was a bit of a rum do. Mm. You know, officers saying that to each other. It was, things got a bit, things got a bit, uh, a bit you know, hairy. a bit hairy. Like yeah. Colin Bell speaking last night, talked like that. Yeah. The thing is, they all know what that, they know exactly what that means. That mm. it's just a different way of saying things were bloody terrible and absolutely terrifying. Yeah. 
and and they're just talking in they're just talking in a in a in a lingua franca. They're not they're not downplaying it. Mm. Everyone knows it's a, a built on an understanding of an of, of a sort of emotional landscape that we don't occupy anymore. And I think what's really interesting about Dambusters is they do that, and they and they they and the you know Richard Todd. Was a was an army veteran, so he understood that mm. whole thing. So, so I think although it's this, you know, the, in a way, the theme music with Dan Busters is, is the sort of red herring. Yes. Um, in the way that the theme music with Great Escape, for instance, is a red herring, because you know people, I think it's weird when people play that at a football match. Well, these guys were all murdered. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, a bit, yeah. <laughs> what? The, the, the disconnect there. So I think that's that's why I love Dan Busters because it's actually it's a I think it's an actually much subtler film. Yes, it than, is. Than, than people maybe give it credit for. And it tells a story. I mean, you know, obviously, they don't actually depict the upkeep, but they do. The nearest damn it do. Mm. Um, and the raids are told in a sort of unvarnished way where people crash into the sides of hills and, yes. yeah. you know. There's uh, no punches pulled. Yeah, and I think that's really, really interesting in such a mainstream film about the war. Mm. So I think Dan Busters would be my... Oh, fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. So we're here at Warfest, uh, well, I've probably said about five times now, but you know we're here. So uh, we're joined by uh, Al's uh, right-hand man, James Holland. How are you? And obviously he did Objective Burma with us, and it was a, it was a corker. Yeah, it so, was. What a film. Yeah, it's incredible. Surprisingly one, good. Yes. So I've been asking everyone uh, that, I've been, that I've been in finding and, and, and recording with, apart from the movie that you covered with us, what's your favourite war film? Oh, gosh, it's a, re- it's a really tricky one. I mean, I... I mean, I just love the Battle of Britain because it's the Battle of Britain. Lots of Spitfires, you know. Yeah. Decent chaps. I mean, what's not to like? So, you know, I, I love that. Um, TV series, got to be Band of Brothers, hasn't it, really? Um, I do think uh, The Cruel Sea is a really stupendously one of my good favorites. film. One of my personal um, you know, I think for, for kind of accuracy, I think it's spot on. Most of the guys in it were, of, were of course, served in the Second World yeah. War in various... Shot at Sea. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Um, shot at Sea, shot in a real Corvette. Yes. Um, based on the novel by Nicholas Montserrat, who, of course, mm. served in the, in the Royal Navy in the Second World War in the Atlantic and Mediterranean himself. So, you know it's got a sort of verisimilitude to it which I think really really runs deep I think the other one I think is just stupendous I wouldn't say it's my favourite um, but Downfall is just oh, unbelievably good yes. I've got to say recent films Jojo Rabbit has been right up there yeah. I thought that was absolutely fantastically good and although it's although it's a sort of fantasy it actually I think gets the in a way it sort of more accurately gets the mayhem and madness of the end of the Third mm. Reich Better than something that's trying to be serious. Yeah, there is something that, that I, the I ending of it. I was stunned very... by it, and I and I thought the ending was the most brilliant, mm. amazingly uplifting yes. Yes. ending yes. of a film I've seen in many a long year. So I loved that film. Yes. I really, really loved it. Thank you so much for joining us, James. Thank you. Fantastic choices by the chaps there. So now we'll go on to uh, Robert Lyman and John Buckley with their choices. I'm joined uh, by uh, John Buckley and Robert Lyman, two of the top historians in their field. Um, so I'd like to ask you chaps, what are your favourite war movies or war series? Well, John's going to hate me for this, but I love the intensity of the human emotions and fury. Forget about all the infelicities and the inaccuracies and the absurdities. Uh, the best war film, films for me are not about accuracy, they're about highlighting the the human emotions of war. And for that reason, this won't come as any surprise to you. 
uh, Band of Brothers really stands out for me as, as, as the defining series of our generation because it, it's not a, so much a focus on the war, it's a focus on people and the process of, uh, of training and fighting they went through. Band of Brothers and sorry, John, Fury. <laughs> so uh, moving over to John's uh, choice. Okay. Um, well, I, I suppose I should have said uh, A Bridge Too Far, but actually the film, which I think is my favourite war film, is Kelly's Heroes. Oh, I agree. Um, it's one of Peter's favourites. Absolutely. Simply because it, it's not about the Second World War at all. It's about the 1960s of Vietnam, but I, I just think it captures that kind of atmosphere and feel and that kind of anti-war kind of sentiment which was growing out of that, that period. I mean, it's a great film anyway. It's a great hoot and so on. But, um, and TV series... The one that I grew up with which really captured my imagination um, was Secret Army, um, which I watched. I mean, now I look back on it, I, you see anything so po-faced and takes itself so seriously. But when I was 10 years old watching, I thought, this is fantastic, really, really good. Um, the only other thing I would say as, as an extra, I'll slip an extra one in, um, was the TV film um, Churchill and the Generals. Oh, uh, Timothy West as Churchill, and you see him interacting with Roosevelt and Brooke and so on. When I saw that, I was about 12 or 13, and that kind of moved me on from the airfix kind of approach. To, to, not that there's anything wrong with that, um, but seeing the high level strategy kind of stuff and the big decisions at Casablanca and so on. That's really, that's really good as well. Am I allowed another one? Of course you well, are. It's, it's John's gone back to his, his childhood, uh, a few years after me, of course. Um, my one was Coldest, the whole Coldest story, uh, the series. And it's very interesting, a few years ago, I introduced my own boys to it, and they were taken up with the intensity of the, of the whole story. And this idea that you know, we, were, we seemed to be overwhelmed and, and overplayed by the Germans, and yet we, as individuals, I mean, there's a little bit of um, mythologizing here, we fought back, and that's the great thing about Coldest. Thank you, chaps. Thank you so much. We did bump into Guy Waters as well, but as you'll hear, <laughs> the Centaur tank cut us short. Oh, God, I'm afraid it's the same one as everybody else. It's where eagles dare. It's so predictable that I like it. But actually, the reason why, it's not because of Clint. It's not because of uh, Richard Burton. It's because of Ingrid Pitt. I fancy her rotten. She was the <laughs> finest actress. And also, she was the Holocaust survivor as well. Oh, so that yes. film meant something to her in a way that it didn't mean to the other actors. Well, the tanks just started, so I think we'll uh, cut that one short. <laughs> Peter Caddick adams is up next. Just a quick one for you, Peter. Apart from Kelly's Heroes, what's your favourite war film? Great. Well, I should start off by saying Woof Woof. That's my other dog impression, because <laughs> really I'm, I'm Oddball or Kelly or um, Tally Savalas or whoever you want. You see, it's very, almost impossible to get away from, uh, from Kelly's Heroes. Uh, and we look, we look at war films in terms of, uh, uh, of their accuracy, but with Ke Kelly's Heroes, you know, you go into flights of fantasy and, and, and all the rest of it. Uh, gosh, where, do, where on earth do I start? Um, but, but, uh, first war film that sort of springs to mind is probably The Longest Day, because so, so many of us were brought up on that. Um, and we love, uh, we love famous people in uniform portraying a figure that we know, which is why A Bridge Too Far works so well. And it's not, you know... It, 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 it's not Brian Horrocks who carries the day, it's Edward Fox, and we all know and love Edward Fox. And, and um, so history sort of gets transposed. So um, I would, but we want to get away from Cornelius Ryan dominating the, <laughs> the, the, the piece. Um, so, um, oh, a bit of sort of violent revolution, perhaps Sam Peckinpah, um, also filmed in Croatia, Cross of Iron. That's a good one, yes. 
Um, so that's sort of um, that's sort of leaping out. Um, and the other one I like, which is it's made for television rather than big screen, um, is D-Day: The Countdown ah. with Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. Which, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is a, is an absolutely brilliant war movie, and I think that that counts as a movie because it, it, yeah. it's there as a single. Of course. Um, yeah. uh, and of course, Monte Cassino. Um, the film that is yet to be made, for, yes. for which I'm a historical consultant, and uh, John Irvin, um, who did things like Dogs of War. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Hamburger Hill, one of my And favorites. Hamburger, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, commissioned me and, and started the, the, the film of Monte Cassino, Ball Rolling, and they're sort of rather forgotten about it. Hey. Um, so I think that's got to be um, my favourite film because it's around the corner and it'll be my screenplay. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, <laughs> folks, and thank you to Peter. Up next, Saul David, and then we'll go into Jack from the Royal Naval Beachhead Commando Reenactment Group. So we're joined by Saul David, who has been a guest on the show, and we covered Cockle Shell Heroes with you. So we want to ask people, what is your favourite war movie? Uh, well, I've got a few, but definitely up there is Charge of the Light Brigade. Now, I know there have been a few different ones, so I'm talking about the 68 version with Trevor Howard, because when I was writing the biography of the Earl of Cardigan, I just had Trevor Howard's face in yeah. my mind all the time and it, it was it was made at such a great time in the 1960s it was a little bit of an anti-war feel of it there's certainly a kind of uh you know it's written really off the back of the uh the book the reason why so there's definitely a kind of anti-aristocracy a bit of a sort of class struggle thing about it but despite all of that trevor howe is just fantastic and you know i i, I couldn't as i say i couldn't get his face out of my head while i was writing He's the book classic cardigan I mean, the best, really, yeah. of, of, of all of them. Having said that, some of the other, other films didn't feature Cardigan quite no. as heavily. No, so the, the Errol Flynn one certainly doesn't. It's got some sort of yeah, they, they, stereotypical they, staff officers, I think. Exactly, and they, you know, they, of course, the, the, the Nolan character, who I think Errol Flynn plays, doesn't he? Yes, um, more or less. Yeah. Nolan, who sets the ball rolling, but you know, the real key to the story, the guy who leads the charge of the Light Brigade, um, Nolan being killed right at the beginning, and Cardigan, you know, allegedly or actually in real life, furious that um, uh, that he's he's basically forced forced the forced the whole thing. Um, uh, the '60s movie does a really good job of sort of showing that tension of him trying to you know he Nolan sort of realizes he's made a mistake whether that happened or not I don't know well there there, there, there was a historian actually who, who wrote a book uh, I don't know a while ago who who didn't believe that he had made a mistake actually argued that what that the charge of the light brigade was not an error as far as Nolan was concerned in other words Nolan was trying to finally get the the, uh, mm, the, yeah. the brigade to do something uh, aggressive because he was a great proponent of cavalry tactics but you know that's the usual debate what is not in doubt is it's a great film and some of the cin- cinematography is is just fantastic I don't know well. I don't know where they filmed it I think you know I heard somewhere that was filmed was it in Romania they might have filmed it um, Eastern Bloc yeah we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about when we cover that one somewhere in the Eastern Bloc anyway we're, we're hopefully we'll, we'll have a chance to chat about that at some fantastic. point fantastic yeah I hope so that's great Jack, explain <laughs> who you are. <laughs> uh, so I'm part of the Royal Navy Beachhead Commandos. Um, we reenact a bunch of guys who uh, were very, very crucial during the war. They um, did the. They were pretty much the first guys on the beach um, on on any Allied landing. So yeah. they they would land, secure a beachhead, and then run the beaches. 
as part of that, we've we've started going back from the landing to pre-landing stuff. So um, we stood here next to uh, two Mark One Star Star canoes. Yeah, which uh, Jack has built himself, which is absolutely insane. What gave you the what was the nucleus of the idea to build? So we got given a, a fixed skin single seater canoe that was used for military training uh, in the sort of mid sixties. And it was just really good fun. So I thought, well, I'd, I'd like to try and link this properly into the Second World War. Um, so I, funnily enough, on Facebook Marketplace, stumbled across a, a collapsible frame. Okay. Um, and so that's a, a civilian frame um, made by a company called the Tyne Folding Boats Company. Um, and they made this frame from sort of the early 30s through to the mid-50s. Um, during the war the military took this civilian collapsible canoe and brought it into military service. So they, um, the initial one was called the Mark One. then they strengthened it a bit, Mark One Star, strengthened it further, and it was Mark One Star Star. They also added some sponsons on the outside to give it a bit more stability um, and a few other little tweaks to make it more seagoing. Um, so I, I bought this frame and thought, well, I'll just make a skin for it. How hard can it be? Uh, bought myself an industrial sewing machine and, and set to. Um, long story short and many, many fluid ounces of blood, sweat and tears, um, we've, we've got a working canoe. Um, shortly after this, we found um, another civilian model um, for sale in a, in a slightly better condition. It had a skin, but it still needed some fixing up. Uh, and so we fixed that up too. And we're slowly bringing them up to the military spec. No, it's incredible. You know, we, we we saw them yesterday. You were paddling out on the stream there, and you know it's just very reminiscent of those scenes from the Cockleshell Heroes where they start, you know, getting in there, getting in the canoes for the first time. It just reminded me of that. Absolutely. I mean, these these ones are um, slightly different models of the Cockleshell Heroes. So you had um, the Mark ones, which were fully collapsible. They were a, a frame with a skin over the top. And then you had the Mark IIs as used by the, well, cockle shell heroes, the yeah. Royal Marine Boom Patrol. Um. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And they were like a, a plywood base and a plywood top and then a canvas skirt that just sandwiched them together. Mm. Um, but so these ones were used by the COP, which is the Combined Operations Pilotage Parties, as well as the SBS. Yes. Um, they both sort of split out from the same point. And I'm asking everyone before, well, obviously it's on brand for the show, but what's your favourite war film? Ooh, uh, I think it's 
it's got to be Kelly's Heroes, actually. Oh, it's a favourite, isn't it? It's a great one. A it great is one. a great one. It, it's it's just so ludicrous, and it's got so many excellent yeah, characters in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I do love the Cockleshire Heroes for obvious reasons, um, but knowing the subjects, I can see the errors in it. Yes. Um, yes. And I'm I'm very I'm a strong believer in that war films don't need to be accurate. They're films at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they get people interested, but sometimes you just can't look past certain no. inaccuracies. <laughs> Like you sound like you'd be great for the show. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is that you get um, it gets people interested in, and and also you can you can pick out certain things. So, for example, the um, Cockle Shell Heroes film that was a really good way for me to figure out how they'd have got off a submarine into the canoe. Ah, and right. and there is pretty much only one way of doing. Well, you can put it on the casing of the submarine and. and you know, trim it down but yeah. um, if you're going to get in off the side of a submarine there's only one way to do it um, and and so that was really useful for me um, and, and equally getting in and out of the canoe from the water as well I bet they never envisaged the film being used to, to, to show someone how to do it when they no. filmed it no and, um, and we're yet to try getting in and out of the canoe from the water I, I was planning on doing it I bought a wetsuit with me right. um, but looked at the water and decided otherwise I'll no. save that for another time a wee bit cold yeah. Thanks for joining us, Jack. You're welcome, thank you. And we recorded our thoughts on the show and everything that happened when we were um, driving back on the Sunday. So I hope you've enjoyed this one. And over to me and Matt. So we're, we've we just got off the... Well, we've just got onto the motorway um, going home from Warfest and we thought we'd just record our initial thoughts on the way home. This is our first mobile podcast. Yeah, it is. Wow, yeah, ad hoc. Um... So, I mean, <laughs> we had a blast, didn't we, Matt? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was everything I hoped it would be, and a bit more, actually. Um, I, I can't believe how many people I've met in the last two days. Yes. Like, it must Over the last 18 months, I, obviously with lockdown and everything else, we, we haven't seen anyone. No. And then, all of a sudden, you're on stage in front of 600 people, and yeah. you're meeting everyone that's been nice to you on Twitter, and... and yeah. And the chatting, it's, exactly. it's mad. Matt hit the nail on the head. It's, it's, it was insane. You know, we, we got to the show later than we wanted. Traffic was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, everyone was like, well, welcoming you missing, you're making sure we were okay, you know. And then we thought, oh, no, we better set up our tent, you know, make sure we've got <laughs> yeah. somewhere to sleep after, yeah. after the evening's festivities. And <laughs> I've never had to set up a tent so quick. No, it was a bit of a nightmare actually. It was a bit, we cut it a bit fine, but we were, we were all ready. And yeah. then we were backstage and they said, oh, Al, Al Murray's going Murray's gonna to uh, introduce you. Yeah. And we were like, oh, fantastic. And that was, you know, that's not something you have every day. So it was, it was amazing. And then and it, was a, it was a really lovely intro as well. It was really nice. You know, he was so, so kind and, you know, really had nice things to say, which was just weird to hear you know it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a bit surreal a bit surreal um, you know but it was fantastic and then obviously we went on stage and did the quiz and it was an absolute blast I, well I've never been that nervous ever I don't think um, no. that was a, that was a big crowd and there was a lot of logistics to get that right wasn't there yeah getting, getting everything sorted out but yeah. it, the number of people that came up to me and said really enjoyed it yeah with a lot so, of well wishes and yeah. it was really nice you know people that we know off Twitter and some of our some of our fantastic Patreons, you know, coming up saying, "What an experience!" Yeah, you know, and and the the team that won the, the Pioneer Corps, they know who they are. You know, they were worthy winners. Yeah, well, and 
the, the scores were really good. Oh, like, yeah. It was yeah. Out, out of 50, the winners got 42. Yeah. Lowest was 14, which is pretty good. Yeah, it was. And we had mostly mid twenties, mid thirties, didn't we? Really? Yeah, I think so. It was, yeah, and, and then like there was a point in it, wasn't there? Yes. Which was something you can't believe. We it. had tiebreaker questions ready. We did, just in case. Yeah. We, we would happily have put them put them to the tiebreak, but luckily we didn't. I think I thought if we'd have had any, you know, if we'd had a real issue, we might have got chased out of town. But luckily <laughs> we didn't. Um, but it was it was amazing. And then obviously the weekend we just got to. You know, sitting in some amazing talks, yep. and just find out, find some guests that we've we've talked to. I'll, I'll, I'll pepper them through for probably this show. Um, it's still processing it, really. Exactly. It's all, gotta be honest. Yeah, it's it's crazy to um, to just think. You know, we started the show nearly a year ago now. Next month is our one year birthday, and we never thought that we would be doing something like this no we didn't think we'd be on a stage in front of 600 people no exactly um, yeah asking you know questions about war films yeah exactly I mean, that's just, it's it's surreal but it's so great it's it really amazing. is it's so good you know and so what did you get up to outside of talks and, and, and everything else chatting to people well I um, well I actually got to this, is, this will be up your street Matt I actually yeah. got to hold a pier for the first time Oh yeah. yeah, Airborne Assault Museum. Yeah, that shout they out brought to them. Along, um, yeah, they brought along an actual pier that was dropped into Arnhem, but apparently seemingly unused. Yes. Um, must have got stuck by a tree or something. Yeah, I don't probably, know. Yeah, maybe a canister. Yeah. Yeah. I and it was I. You know, the guy was like, "Oh, you." I said, "Oh, I've never been this close to a pier before." You know, and I mentioned Matt and stuff, and they, you know, they know Matt. And um, he was like, "Well, you better you better rectify that and pick it up." <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Okay then." And I thought, looking at it, you think it's all hollow it's, it's and little, then, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's really little. small. You know, I'm thinking that's tiny. Smaller yeah. than a boy's anti-terror rifle. Yeah. Smaller than a bazooka. All of the all the pictures make it look huge. Yeah, you know, they do you, actually. And when you see it in there, is the glory with when Dixon just trundles off to sort of go and shoot that panther. Yeah. It looks like it's light as anything. Yeah, it's nothing to him. No, and yet I, <laughs> my legs were buckling yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's 36 pounds. Yeah, and there's no meat. It just makes you think how people like Major Kane, who quite famously took out a lot of stugs with one at Arnhem. Yeah. You know, and you're doing that under the most severe, adverse circumstances, and you're tired, and you've been shot at, and, you know, he had his, you know, he... he he was absolutely exhausted at times. I think, how the hell did they do that? Yes. Yeah. Gives you it. This is why things like the show are great because it gives you that extra little bit of real touch in history, well, exactly. and you can really feel how it was, how it can be for people. Um, I mean, how often do you get to pick up pits? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for me, it's it's semi regular. Yeah, Matt's day job, of course. <laughs> but for someone, but, yeah, yeah, but for you know, for me, it was people that don't first. work in the field. That yeah. it's it's a great opportunity to pick up something like that. Yeah, and fair play to the Airborne Assault Museum for having it on display. Yeah, there. it was, it was, ama- it was amazing. Yeah, I managed to pick up a few copies of some rare films. Um, so it was, a, it was a great little store. I forget the name of the company. There was a great little bookstore there um, outside next to the, the food stalls. And I managed to pick up uh, Yesterday's Enemy, uh, Theirs is the Glory on DVD, and Objective Burma, and I got James to sign it, because obviously he, he came and talked to us. He did, he talked yeah, to us about that the film. Very, very kind of it. Really nice. Yeah. Um, so what did you do, Matt? Um, oh, God, I, I just mingled and chatted to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, spoke to some of the reenactment groups that were there. Got a lot of video for the YouTube channel, Armourer's Bench. Um, the, the highlight was having a paddle in um, a World War II Royal Navy canoe. Yes. Yeah, those guys were great, weren't they? They were. The, the Naval Beach Masters. Um, uh, they were just, they were really nice guys. Yeah, they so knowledgeable. They're... Their interpretation was of Royal Navy Beachmasters yeah. and Commandos. Yeah. Um, and one chap had restored two, uh, Jack was his name, two yes. um, original World War II uh, Royal Navy canoes. Yes. Mark, Mark Monstar, I think they That's, are. I think they are, yeah. And yeah. Um, he's done an amazing job. It's incredible, and isn't to it? To get to sit in a piece of history oh. on the water and then yeah. get. And then paddle around. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Didn't Al Al Murray was like you need to get in? Yeah, Al Al had just been just been on the water with them, and he saw me come up and he said, "Matt, you've got to get get them to get you in one of these canoes." And I was like, "Al, yes, I would love to I get in love, one of these yeah. canoes." Oh, I, I I wasn't around when that was happening, but I know I couldn't yeah, find you. I know your phone on airplane mode. Oh, I was chatting to I was chatting to some old friends of mine. That, that, that's what's been great about the weekend. You know, not only been able to chat to some new friends, but chat to old friends too some people I used to read, um, know when my dad owned a, a Dodge weapons carrier back in the day and they it's Dunkirk 1940 Museum yeah. in Chatham and I had no idea that they it was that you know Debbie and Paul who actually curate the museum so it was great to uh, great to catch up a, a US Army truck oh yeah it's a, it's a GMC man that is there we go yeah um, but it, it's been great hasn't it and we're you know, we're we're look, looking into doing some events with some people who we've been able to chat to um, ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we, we, yeah. You know, we we've been inspired by the show, and we think the next step for this for our podcast is doing our own little events. You know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really nice to you know put on a film night or something somewhere. Yeah, we think so. I think that'd be really fun. But you know, we really hope that they they put on another one of these. Oh, I really yeah. I, I mean, how was good great. was it? You know, it was great. I, and it's so great to be able to walk around and turn a corner, and there's one of your favourite historians, and and you can just go up and say hello. You couldn't, you couldn't move for bumping into someone, could, really. No, you couldn't, yeah. I mean, the amount of the amount of PhDs in that in that <laughs> field, yeah. probably incredible. Yeah, but it, it was something else. You know how 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 many amazing vehicles were there to see? Oh you know? my God, the garrison guys with their twenty-five pounder uh, troop, amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one of them like he, like he called me as I was as we were leaving, and he, and he was like, "That's nothing. We can we can do we can do even better than that." Oh I was gosh. like, "My word, wow what? we, wow <laughs> we." Um, and I fi- well, I finally got to see for, for for in the flesh. Finally got to see a lot of Bedfords, which was many really many something. Oh, wise, you know. Um, oh, my mind's gone blank now. It's been a long weekend, but. There was a lot of beddies there. It was an OL, wasn't it? Yeah, OL, OL. There was a QL, QL as well. Sorry, QL. Yeah, QL. Uh, it was just you know, great to see and be able to take some photos close up. And a up. mini Bedford. And a mini, oh, the, yes, the, the chaps who had the um, the, 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 the uh, Royal, Royal Navy Commando uh, reenactment group, they had a, a the, during lockdown, one of their members, I think it is Jack. Yeah, who, I think it was. Who had the, he um, was a busy boy during oh, lockdown. Oh, he was, yeah. I, I got a chat with him, actually. But he had made a, a scale Bedford QL, which was, it was amazing. amazing. That's so cool, you know. And it was nice to see friends of the show as well. So we we but we, we knew Rich Fisher was going. Of yeah, Rich was doing. Uh, Rich was with Monty's men who yeah. was, who were doing. 
Middlesex, wasn't they? Yes, in yeah. the Middlesex, yeah. And, and Richard was there with his vicars, which is always a crowd pleaser. Oh, yes. You know, there's nothing he doesn't know. You know, he's so knowledgeable. But it's great to be able to see, you know, a, a, a group of guys who look the part and know their kit and know their stuff and walking around. It adds to the, adds to the show, doesn't it? It's yeah. so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think what, what, what vehicles were there we can run through for everyone. There were, well, there was a T3485. Yeah, yeah, Sherman. A Sherman. Um, there was uh, three or four universal carriers. God, yeah. One of them was a T16. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, Ford one, wasn't it? Ford one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were a Comet and a Crusader. Crusader and a, and a Cromwell. Is it a Crusader? Sorry, a Centaur. Centaur. Centaur on a Cromwell. That's the one I always forget about yes. that, with those sea tanks. Yes, they do. You start the forgotten one yeah. in a way. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? There was a hell of a lot of Jeeps. Yeah, a lot of Jeeps. Uh, Some 25-pounder guns. Oh, four 25-pounders and a Sexton. Oh, yeah. Oh. Wow, that's Sexton. Come on. You could actually you could walk up a little uh, stairway and have a yeah, look inside, yeah. couldn't you? Yeah. And there was also it was a home guard reenactment society there, Oxfordshire. Oh yeah, God. with a two-pounder. They had a two-pounder. Wow. You know, I think, they, I think they fired it at one point. They did. They fired it a few times, mm. and it was the loud. Well, it wasn't the loudest gun because the three-point-seven-centimeter yes. uh, uh, anti-aircraft gun was the loudest. Yeah, but it went which off. was phenomenal. Yeah, it went off with a bang, didn't it? Never seen one of those before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the two-pounder is, is a. Perhaps something. Cool little gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a video on one a few years ago. Um, mm. Got to get look at one up close, and I've never seen one fire in person, so that was amazing. Yeah. And they were all firing black powder cartridges as well. Mm. So the smoke they were creating, obviously, it's not correct to what was of used course, during the war. Of course, yeah. The spectacle. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you feel that shockwave, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the three point five inch in the evening, mm. going off. Wow. Yep. That's loud, isn't it? So loud. Wow. So um, impressive. So did you catch any talks that you really enjoyed? Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the 10% failure. Oh, that was good. Uh, with Peter Caddick. And Market Garden chat. Yeah, John yeah. Motley. Mm. Um, that was good. That was a great one. Uh, I enjoyed um, Saul Davids. Yeah, that was something. Saul's was really good. Saul was great. And I really liked Andy Chatterton's chat. I was about to say. On the yeah. auxiliary units some really really interesting and then yeah I mean there's almost too many things wasn't I, there honestly though I didn't get to see half of the talks that I wanted no. to because I was too busy yeah. chatting with with people and, yeah, yeah. And, you know so many well so many nice people to talk to we you try to get to one talk to another talk and you you just get sidetracked chatting yeah and it, you yeah. know and it's not a bad thing it was so nice no it wasn't you know um, there was some there's some really interesting stuff yeah there really were it was nice to just have a beer with everyone, wasn't it? It was. Really, really was. nice. Nice atmosphere. Yeah. So, I mean, we're on the drive home now, and we hope everyone, well, if you're listening to this, it's probably a few days after, but hope everyone got home safe. You know, we want to thank Tony and the team for being so hospitable to us. Thanks to Alan James for their, you know, their, uh, what do we say, uh, their, their hospitality too. Really nice chaps. Really nice to meet them finally. It was. It, it was, was really, nice. really nice. And we hope you put it on again so we can come back next year bigger, better and more war filmy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And hello to all the new listeners that we picked up over the weekend. We're really glad to have you on board. Watch this space. There's plenty more fighting on film on the way. And thank you for listening. And as always, support us on Patreon. Find us on Twitter. 
Find us on Facebook, follow, share, like the pod, and catch us next week when we have Saul David on the Cockle Shell Heroes. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.